This is You'll Die Trying. <laughs> In a world. Yeah, that would be great. I if, wish. If I had that kind of voice and I could mean, do trailers. It kind of reminded me of that. In a world. But you pointed. So depraved. <laughs> so depraved. That this is all you had to do was listen to these guys. It was good. You'll Die Trying. It was good. Well, I'm Nathan Morris. And I am not. You, I'm, I'm Jonathan Carroll. Yes, you are. Yeah. And you, ladies and gentlemen, are you, and we are grateful that you are here. I don't know why I keep saying that now, but it's like my new thing, and I'm sorry. It's my bit, but I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry, Dr. Carroll. Okay. I'm not. I'm happy to be here with you. This is episode 52. 57. Can thousand. you believe that? That's phenomenal. Well. It's awesome. It's really Wow. You, I'm planning our trip for our 100th. I think we should uh, record on location. Totally fine with it. From like uh, Sargo, Kentucky. <laughs> okay, 10 minutes west of here. Totally fine. Great. <laughs> I would love that. So uh, what's been on your mind as you have listened to other podcasts, as you have gone about your days, as you have worked and loved and cherished and lost, what's been on your mind? I haven't lost anything lately, which is good. So I think gratitude is the first and foremost. Uh, I've gone a couple of weeks without getting sick. <laughs> good, good. Well, no, that's just the flu season, guys. I mean, I'm not like a sickly kid that needs to live in a bubble and then ever had the flu but the baby didn't get the flu. That's good. Why are you laughing? Entire schools are closing because of the flu. I know. I'm just saying. I'm glad because I've been I've been sick lately, and I just I'm glad that I'm not sick anymore. Yeah. So gratitude is on my mind. There is an author uh, named Willa Cather. Have you ever heard of Willa Cather? No, but if you're getting ready to like, if that was the setup for you to make me sound smarter, like I segued you, you're welcome. Uh, she's an American writer. And uh, she wrote some uh, books, maybe some of which you've you've heard um, heard of. But anyway, Willa Cather, Oh Pioneer, that's a book that you've probably heard of. My Antonia, that's a one of her most popular books. Anyway, she uh, she says the older we get, the more like ourselves we become. The older we get the more like ourselves we become. So 78-year-olds are actually really that grumpy and mean? I think that if you meet an older gentleman who is a grumpy old fart, it's because he was uh, a bit grumpy as a younger person. Yeah. Okay. Now, I think that there needs to be some allowance made for uh, the stuff of life that happens to people and sometimes embitters them. Mm-hmm. But typically speaking, I think that if you meet someone who is just a really happy, fun-loving, light-hearted person in their older years, they probably were that way when they were younger too, and they've just become more so. Yeah. I really like the idea because it connects me to the notion of becoming. The older we get, the more like ourselves we become. And I love the idea of becoming. You like the idea of getting older? Yes, I do. I don't. It scares me to death. My birthday's like right around the corner. Yeah. 
What scares you about getting older? One more year. One less year. Which is it? It's one more. That's a positive, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, one more is what, and then I s- tried to make it sound more like dun, dun, daunting dun, and yes. dark and ominous. So I said one less. Yeah. I just, you know, I'll be 34, young, still. However, I'm not 18. You should hear what Gary Vaynerchuk would say to you right now. <laughs> well, he would probably like just explode some F-bombs He would me. definitely cuss a lot by <laughs> saying, you are so young. Which I don't mind, by the way. I think it's great. It emphasizes. He's my age, and I'm going to say the same thing to you. He's intense. You are so young, and uh, fearing getting older is not going to do you any favors. Yeah, and it's not living. I mean, I don't... <laughs> I don't sit around and like... Yeah, you do. No, I don't. do too. I... (laughs) So I want to explore a little bit of this notion of becoming. Do you... I was talking to somebody this morning uh, at my practice. That person said, you know, I just never thought that my life would end up here. And I thought, you know... I think we could probably all say that. We all say that, yeah. I also think that there's a lot of richness and blessing to be considered that I think that most of us don't. I think we tend to, in the words of Ray LaMontagne, we choose to dwell in our disasters rather than count our blessings. Uh, This person's very young as well and uh, has just for whatever reason chosen to adopt that particular perspective. And there are other perspectives available. Why fear getting older? Why be disheartened by where we are? Why not choose courage, choose resolve, choose love and gentleness towards self to the art of becoming? So let me ask you this. What is it that you hope to become? Me? No. No, the other person. (laughs) I don't, like that was really stupid. I get it. You know why we do those things? We do those things, we're buying time. Because sometimes you might ask a question and then I'll I'll repeat the question. Like, what do you think about it? Oh, what do I think about it? Really, I'm just buying time. I'm thinking. It's okay. It's what we all do. We all do it. Anyway, this this question's addressed to you, Nathan. Me? To the caller. Um, what What do you hope your life will become? I mean, let's think about it. We've got celebrities and 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 neighbors dying left and right, aged 27, 38, you know, 52 of, 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 of massive strokes or car accidents or, you know, right. embolisms or blood clots to the lungs. The Life is short. We do not have much time to gladden the hearts of those who travel the way with us. What is it that we want to become? I, I just want to be, I just want to have purposefully lived. That's what I want to become, like somebody who's, I don't know, thoughtful to the world, to the environment, for instance, uh, you know, not sitting around like planting trees, although if you sit around planting trees, that's that's great, but, you know, just taking care of my space, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, Owensboro, for instance, my home, you know, making sure that I stay on top of and proactive about, you know, community uh, Endeavors, clean communities, you know, things like that. Or, and, and also just, you know, really loving on this business and 
leaving it to the next generation, whoever that may be, whether it be my children or someone else who's following my footsteps. And I just want people, I don't know, I think I have an egotistical hope. <laughs> Not an egotistical, uh, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I think it's like I just want to be remembered for positive. Like I want to be remembered. I think we all do. What happens to you when you are no longer remembered? Nothing. And that's going to happen to all of us except right, for like, the... Didn't you say we're two generations? We're two centuries or a century away from being we're, forgotten? We're, oh. we're three generations at most. Yeah. Because think about it. My children, one generation. My grandchildren, two generations. Great-grandchildren, three. I mean, I remember my great-grandfather. I remember... I don't remember any great-grandparents. But when I die, no one remembers my great-grandfather, period. Mm -hmm. Not one person on the planet will remember that person because his name is not on the building. His name is not on a charter. His name is not on the spine of a book. So he will not be remembered. Yeah. So humbling. Why doesn't that free us to be more adventurous? They should. Why are we so compelled to live the straight and narrow. And I don't mean morally, of course, I believe in that, but I'm talking about like with regard to practices and goal setting. Why are our goals so conservative? I don't know. What are your goals? Think My- about them and then ask yourself, why are they so conservative? Why, why have I chosen to stop there? Yeah. No one's going to remember us in 60 years anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you he know. He failed miserably. Unless you're Barack Obama or Charles Manson and you're remembered for something good or something evil, most of us aren't going to be in either one of those camps. You know, really, thank goodness. I think that's probably a, a, yeah. a blessed relief. Mm-hmm. Why not be more risky? Why not risk something? Hmm. That's good. I think we need to risk more. And I think doing so is its own reward. I don't think that we need any reward besides just the risk itself. Are you going to risk something this weekend? Yeah, I'm risking a lot. I'm going onto a plane and I'm traveling. And I mean, yeah, but it's safer than tr- driving, and you drive all the time. Statistically, yeah, it is. Yeah, I think you should jump out of the plane. <laughs> without a parachute. One of my kids asked if I would skydive, and oh, without a parachute. Yeah, yeah of course I would. I would skydive, but I wouldn't do the other. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of relationships, in terms of how we love each other, like, why am I not risking more? To love? Yeah. To love my, my spouse, my children. Why be so, I don't know, I'm having an existential crisis right now. <laughs> it's probably my age. It's okay. But, but I, don't, I don't want to uh, toe the line that someone else drew. I don't want to represent someone else's principles. Right. Society does that, has instilled that in us. Like you graduate high school, you go to college at 18 years old. I just read this really short uh, article or paragraph, if you will. And this person said, my husband did not go to college until he was 28 years old because he felt at 18 he wasn't ready. Wow. And so he went on and elaborated, but they, he graduated at like the top of his class. Wow. And he wouldn't have been able to do that because he probably wouldn't have even gone to class. Not saying that 18-year-olds are less mature, but he in that moment was less mature. And statistically speaking, they probably are less mature than that of a 28-year-old. Yeah. Anyway, but society says to go to school at 18 years old. So yeah, right, exactly. Forge your own path, buddies and buddyettes. I like what you're saying here. Yeah, that's, that's good. 
I'm reminded of of a poem, uh, the name of which I cannot remember right now, but uh, by by Ronye Maria Rilke, um, and it's a poem about uh, imitation living, where he passes a pub and sees people raising glasses and drinking, and he sees their mouths moving, and they they are all, it's everything they're saying is I I I, by which he says they could mean anyone, and he's talking about the power of living your own life. And how few of us do that. How so much of what we do is imitation. Look at social media, for instance, and everyone's just imitating everyone else, you know? Mm. Um, I want to be risky. I want to be courageous. I want to uh, have our family do things our family's way without feeling the need to explain ourselves because I don't think we owe that to anyone. I want to live an authentic, real, vulnerable human life, not an imitation one that is safe or socially acceptable, you know? Um, and that's, that's a difficult posture to take because I think most people, um, are, they have their expectations. And not living up to people's expectations is a formula for disappointment and frustration for them, but that doesn't have to mean anything to me. What would it look like for you to have a life that looks more like becoming who you are rather than waiting until the, you get older to do it now. Yeah, that's awesome and life-giving, really. I mean, simply put, it's exciting to think about. What would it look like? What would you do? What would you do right now? Like right now? Yeah, this moment, during right here in the middle of this podcast. Well, if I had a beer, I'd crack a beer. Okay. That's the first thing I would do. Okay. Hopefully that just says that I'm being like free spirited and not that I'm a raging alcoholic because I'm definitely not that. I just, <laughs> uh, just trying to paint a picture of just like showing. Uh, I would I would go on more vacations. This whole idea like we live to work and all that stuff. Like yeah. I would when I say vacations, it doesn't have to be anywhere elaborate. Even it's just a matter of hopping in the vehicle or you know doing something spontaneous, being more spontaneous. Let's not even just say vacations. Let's say spontaneity. Okay, you know doing stuff like that. That's what that would look like. What would those vacations mean? How would those bring meaning to your I life? Think, I think just investing, investing like your time, which is a resource you don't get any more of, uh, and it is limited. I think investing it in those that I love. Okay. More so than I'm able to now because I'm constantly working. Right? Yeah. Like we're, we're here, we're working. I mean, we're podcasting right now, so we're working on hopefully providing content for you who are listening. But in general, if I wasn't podcasting, I'd be in the thick of it. Why can't I just be in a vehicle in, you know, Tampa with the kids driving over a bridge? Why not? Right. I mean, that's that's spontaneity. That's what I'd be doing. What would need to be doing? Doing more of. What's the plan right now yeah. for that? Mm-hmm. Well, believe it or not, I am going on vacation here in a month. Going to our favorite place of Denver, Denver, Colorado. Going to do some uh, hiking and some rock climbing and uh, running and all that fun stuff. Drive a few hours and maybe, well, it's going to be not in season to ski, but that's the kind of stuff. Horseback riding, that's what we're going to do. Okay. My favorite animal and I've never ridden one. Isn't that crazy? A little something about me. You should uh, take a cutting horses class. <laughs> uh, previous episode yep, reference. That's right. So uh, 
I think that people uh, could benefit so much from being more intentional, more purposeful, even on things like vacation, you know, like whenever we take a trip, we're not all about trying to um, like plan everything, but we do want to be intentional. Do you allow yourself to sleep in on vacation? Oh yeah. Okay, good. Because I was going to say like, oh, we need to be, I'm like, no, Dr. Carroll, those are terrible advice. Yeah, when we are um, on vacation, we tend to let the we tend to stay up really late and then let the girls sleep in, even if we're somewhere. Like when we we took a trip to New York City and uh, one summer, and we didn't leave our hotel room until noon any day. Now we were out till one or two, and in that city you can see basically anything. But um, you know at that time of day, but yeah, we we sleep in. And we also don't search out churches. I know that there are a lot of people who would frown upon that, and I know there are a lot of Roman Catholics who may see the, the kind of need to to find a worshiping community, and that they that's a part of their life, and that's wonderful. But we don't we don't do that either. We try to be intentional about the structure without it being overly structured. Um, but you know, we want to do things that matter, that mean something. We're not interested in making memories, like we're interested in living our lives. And I think when you do that, memories are made naturally anyway. But we're, we're not out to, to try to get the best picture or, you know, have the best experience or, you know, make the best memory. We're not, we're just, let's just be there and let's do this and, and be together in it and enjoy it and talk about it and, and then talk about it again after that and somehow let it shape us. That's why I think people should travel because those are the things that happen. I don't think it's about the souvenirs and the and the perfect shot. I have a really cool story about New York City. I don't recall the train it was on. I don't know if it was the L train or what in the subway, but Brian and myself had gotten off. This was in 2000 and try to look it up. The guy that was found with the bomb stuff on the train on the subway. <laughs> okay. We were on that literally like the hour before or mm. less than. Yeah. We were at a pub and on the news is like, oh, you know, they had the FBI and everybody arresting and we're like, oh my gosh, we were just on that. So anyway, that's my story. I mean, I'm not saying that implying that oh my god almost died because our our men and women's finest, you know, prevented such a tragedy from happening. But my point is, is that's a good story, right? That's a good story. That one, they apprehended that guy, but two, that I was actually on the the subway that they were on. I think it was the L train. I think it was. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to look that up. Do you believe that, um, you ever seen The Matrix? Yes. Blue pill, red pill? Do you believe that something like that is going on in the world? Like... Neo style? Not necessarily with AI or anything like that, but do you think that there are that there is another reality out there that we cannot see, but that we're participating in blindly? Lord, have you been talking to my brother no. and his games? No, no, no. No, I I think that we forge our own paths. I do think that there is like the different variations of red pill, blue pill in our lives. You know, you can go this way in the fork in the road or that way. And you know you might you might get to the same. It's kind of like the flip books, the books where you choose the ending kind of thing. Like turn a page. Tw- remember those? Choose your own adventure. Books. Yeah, choose your own adventure, and that's kind of what we are doing with our lives. Yeah, we're choosing our own adventure. Okay, we might end up in the same spot in the end. We might not. Yeah, but you know you kind of choose it. I just want to give a word toward intentionality. I'd be intentional about everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that that's our true work. I think that most of us are asleep. And that we aren't paying attention. 
And one of the most important things I think that we do as human beings is to pay attention. I don't think I don't think people are are awake. That's why I was asking you about the the matrix. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Your microphone is malfunctioning. What in the world? My microphone, ladies and gentlemen, went up and down, like just straight up and down, and I could not respond to such. So anyway, intentionality. Can you repeat the entire... No, I'm just kidding. What do you think about why you personally aren't more awake? Why am I not? Mm-hmm. Because I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's one thing you can do to just, be more Being more, more intentional, intentional is just being more mindful. Right. What does that mean? Well... I, Awareness is part of, I mean, like, are all these the same words? <laughs> kind of? I think they, they, they all are in a, a train yeah, together. Yeah, I just, I don't know how to describe it. I think opening my eyes, figuratively even, I don't, yeah. I mean, I, I think being in tune is so much more than, I mean, that was my fingers, I'm thinking, so I'm hitting the desk. These are good conversations because... Like we literally just put one foot in front of the other without thought. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Same as if while we breathe. Like I'm breathing right now and talking. It's like I'm not thinking about it. But I think that most everything in life we can literally think about and be thought provoking and not provoking thought. Can I help me out? Get me out of this hole. But I just like these are real. This is really good for me to be thinking of. Can I read a poem? Uh, that speaks to all of this yep. by, by David White, W-H-Y-T-E, who's a um, wonderful uh, poet. In his book of poetry called Everything is Waiting for You, this is a poem that he writes. Sometimes if you move carefully through the forest, breathing like the ones in the old stories, who could cross a shimmering bed of dry leaves without a sound, you come to a place where the only task is to trouble you with tiny but frightening requests, conceived out of nowhere, but in this place beginning to lead everywhere. Request to stop what you are doing right now and to stop what you are becoming while you do it. Questions that can make or unmake a life. Questions that have patiently waited for you. Questions that have no right to go away. I think the intentional life is the examined life, and the examined life is the questioned life. And I think that people who don't have any questions aren't living. And there are questions about who we are becoming that he says can make or unmake a life, and these questions have no right to go away. Would we be so blessed that those questions would not ever go away? Can you think of a question that plagues you? Uh, yeah, I can think of a lot of questions. <laughs> the reason why I stopped is because I just, it doesn't sound very good. Some of these questions are just, that pop into my head for the most part are <laughs> very personal. Um, what's one that I don't care to share? Here, I'll divert and I'll ask you while I'm trying to think. What's a question? question? Yeah. Honestly? Mm-hmm. I question whether God exists. Mm, I think that's good to question that. Yeah, me too, but not everyone does. That's okay. I question the purpose of existence. 
I question the, the old theodicy scenario. How can a God who is both good and loving and powerful coexist in a world or universe where there is suffering? You know, the, the Christian faith has answered that question in saying that God suffers with us, but otherwise we don't know. And I think that's a fair and, and mm-hmm. reasonable and faithful response to that question, but it's not an answer. It's a response. And I, I'm very interested, as you know, in questions that don't have answers. I think asking the question is the most important thing sometimes. That reminds me of another poem by that same German poet, Rilke. He says, I would like to beg you, dear sir, as well as I can, to have patience with everything that is unresolved in your heart and to try to love the questions themselves as if they were locked rooms or books written in a very foreign language. Don't search for answers which could not be given to you now because you wouldn't be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions. Perhaps then someday far in the future, you will gradually, without even notice it, live your way into the answer. Mm, I like that. So that's Rilke's uh, letter from Letters to a Young Poet, um, letter four. And it's one of my favorites because it tells me that I don't have to have the answers. The point isn't to have the answer. The point is to live the question. Yeah. And, I, and I have questions, you know, that, that, uh, that do plague me in addition to the ones I've mentioned here. Um, you know, how can I be loved this way? That's a question that mm-hmm. I ask a lot. You know, I, I, I'm very, very deeply loved. Um, by my wife and my family, and how can that possibly be? How can that be true? Some things are too good to be true, and some things are too good not to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a, that's another one. There are thousands of them. Yeah. I wrestle with them every day. I wrestle a lot with, <laughs> why am I this way? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah, just it's a, I'm, I'm tough. I'm a tough... I mean, you probably don't think it's hard to be my friend, but I'm hard to be friends with. I'm hard to be in a relationship with, and just because I'm, there's a lot of I don't know, I don't know. You just, think you're hard to be in relationship with? Yeah, within I mean, yeah, with friendship and 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 I think marriage, even I'm probably tough. You know? Oh, I know I am too. Yeah, it's just you're exa- I'm exhausting. <laughs> I'm exhausting. Yeah, and and at the same time, I'm I'm guessing people we're in relationship with sometimes feel that way about themselves too. And I don't know, yeah. I, I don't know how healthy or unhealthy that is. I think it's just important to to note it. Yeah, and to be honest about it, and to ask those questions, and to be our best selves when we can, when we can be. Yeah. Things just got really deep, buddy. That was deep. Does that freak you out? Um, no, in deep, deep conversation. No, that's, this never, ever, ever freaks me out. It just like, I can feel it. Yeah. I sense it. Yeah. And I've noticed that about you too, about things like you've, you've referred to people sucking life out of rooms and. Yeah. That's a ne- kind of a negative. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I was saying this isn't negative at all. Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. I like, hear you. Th- it feels deep. You. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just. Yeah. There are people who, when they, when they speak into an otherwise positively energized space. They suck all that energy out of the room because yeah. they're, they're very negative people. Feels like you're in Denver, Colorado. I do not with air, I mean. want to spend time with negative people. Mm-mm. And at my age, I don't have to. And I'm not going to. 
Well, everything so, in life is a choice. I'm choosing positive people to surround me. And if that means my circle is smaller and tighter, then I'm okay with that. Can I be in your circle? Yes, of course. Sweet. 100% in my circle. That's awesome. Well, this went somewhere I didn't think it would go. Well, it's, it's uh, <laughs> you know, it's about becoming. And, uh, and I want to... Uh, I want to invite people to really think about what they what that means to be intentional about becoming, recognizing that we are not yet who we will one day be, mm-hmm. but we are, we will become more like ourselves as we do become. And I wonder if that's uh, if we would say that's a good thing. That's what I was here to say. Or not? I hope it's a good thing. Are you going to be my friend when I'm like seventy and grumpy? That puts me at eighty and grumpy. So yeah. You're gonna be seven, eighty, and grumpy. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I'm ten years older. It's okay. It's okay. You just liked He Man when I didn't exist. Did you play with He Man? <clears throat> yeah, Greatest American Hero. Oh no, that was something else. That was GI Joe. GI Joe. You had there was GI Joe back in your day. <clears throat> sorry. I'm sorry. I'd like to share with you um, twelve as we leave. As we part, 12 warning signs of health. Warning signs of health? Okay, that's interesting. I'm intrigued. Persistent presence of a support network. Chronic positive expectations and a tendency to frame events in a constructive light. Episodic peak experiences. A sense of spiritual involvement. Increased sensitivity. The tendency to adapt to changing conditions. A rapid response and recovery of adrenaline system due to repeated challenges. Increased appetite for physical activity. The tendency to identify and communicate feelings. Repeated episodes of gratitude, generosity, and related emotions the compulsion to contribute to society, and a persistent sense of humor. I leave you with that, my friend. I like that. Become who you will become. It's up to you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming back time and time again. Please be sure to visit youldietrying.com. Please go to facebook.com forward slash podcast or you'll die trying podcast at gmail.com. Leave us a comment, leave us a mark, give us a five-star review on all your listening devices. As always, thank you. I'm Nathan Morris. I'm Jonathan Carroll.